episode this is what 15 yep 15 yeah okay we're actually we're actually we're making it really far yes bro all right episode 15 which is six episodes away from episode 21 remember episode one yeah i know <laughs> yeah in episode one i'll tell you guys this now but back when we were recording it we cut out all of this but there's so many long pauses and we just try to keep the conversation going somehow yeah. and it's a 20 minute conversation too yeah it's so bad motivation versus discipline yeah i still think content wise it's a pretty good episode though yeah I can't agree. can't fault us on that one. Yeah, is that David Goggins' book? <laughs> oh yeah, we just kept. Uh, yeah. No, you, there's there was times when you you just stopped talking and I didn't know what to say. You just kept <laughs> doing this. So I was like, what am I supposed to say? Yeah. Well, because I didn't read the book. Yeah, I know. But then I talked about motivation, and then you said something like. Yeah, yeah, we need motivation. And I said, yeah, we need motivation. No, I didn't, something, bro. Something. There's no way. I yeah, you that. did. You did. I remember editing this. I watched this video right. so many times. I listened to it. I, I listened to it once in a walk with Narayan, too. All right. Yeah, but yeah. Hard times. <laughs> long, yeah. long way we've come. Yeah, true. 15 episodes. And imagine, imagine, 15 episodes. imagine when you look back on episode 15 saying we were thinking that we came a long way. Yeah. And then episode 30. Yeah, yeah. Or episode 21. Yeah. We'll bring Zayn Mir back as a guest. Yep. It's that was most, that was the longest podcast we ever had. Yeah, no, it was three hours long. Yeah, though. we had to cut down so much of it too. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, censor some parts. Censor yeah. some parts. Yeah. You know what? If we get fifteen likes on this, we'll drop. When we drop the second one, we'll make it uncensored. We won't cut out anything at all. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Zane said some <laughs> out of pocket things. Yeah, well, it's not me. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, we can't. We can't do Zane like that. Yeah, sure. He's the guest, the first guest that we that got it going. If Zane wants us to explicitly remove something, we'll do it. Then we'll do it. Put out bloopers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it at the end of that. You know, Jocko does that. Yeah. Jocko podcast. Yeah. All right, cool. Welcome back to Jocko podcast. Yeah, no. number one. Oh, he's crazy. Should we record in black and white? No way. I think that's just the the next level. It's the next level of hard. Yeah. We can do that once we climb Everest. Once we yeah, we have a plan to climb Mount Everest for the viewers. That are not aware of this plan between us. That was so robotic. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was so robotic. I literally said that like a robot. <laughs> Let me do that again. We have a plan to climb Mount Everest. So bad. And we're going to do it. Right, <laughs> Nothing okay. can stop us. Great. Okay. Now we pivot. Pivot to what? Pivot to what? That's a good... Like, I know about like, Chechnya. Wow. I know about Chechnya. Yeah. Zawagi. You don't know much about it. You just know that they're the hardest people. I know about some wartime strategies. That Chechnya used? No. Is it, it's I just not know controlled, that... It's not controlled by Russia, is it? Russia utilizes... Russia, yeah. Russia annexed yeah. the territory? Ru- no, no, no. Russia utilizes Chechnyan soldiers for their wars. But basically, the Chechnyans, they don't abide by Russia's rules. So they just... While they're there, they take videos and stuff while they're there. Like, that, you know, all the, not like, bro, you know all the videos that we saw of the Ukraine war? Those are usually taken by Chechnyan soldiers because they don't have to abide by the same rules as Russian soldiers. Russian soldiers have specific rules, like... Specific rules, like Specific rules such as you can't, you can't record while you're in combat or you can't go on your phone while in, while in combat. But basically, Russia doesn't control chechenians the way they do they control russian soldiers they're based they're almost asking for their help i they're paid yeah but they wouldn't they, they they won't abide by the same rules as russian soldiers so they would record and just other things they just break a lot of rules but they use them because 
they're so well military trained. They're the hardest people. Yeah, yeah. And the they're, world, they're I don't know. They're they're at least in Eastern Europe. They're yeah, they're trained to withstand a lot of hard things just because of the environment, the mountains. Yeah. Have you seen pictures of these soldiers, bro? They're they're just massive, bro. They're Chechen. they have these huge beards. Yeah, I mean the only the only guy that I know they're Muslim, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Or at least comes or yeah, Hamza yeah. is. I think they're majority so Muslim. He said, "Allahu Akbar." Yeah, they're majority Muslim. Uh, Chechen soldiers. Okay, cool. I think you might have showed me a picture of Chechen soldiers once. Yeah. Chechen, Chechen, it's not Chechen. It's yeah, Chechen, 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 Chechen soldiers. Yeah. Soldiers. Yeah, I see them. The, their beards. Yeah. They're huge. Yeah. Yeah, they look cool. Yeah. Ramzan Kadirov. I think they can easily wield bigger guns because of how much they weigh. Or how big they are. Chechen fighters. You know, you know Hamza. He he gave up his Swedish citizenship or something. He renounced it. Oh really? Yeah. Maybe he's super loyal to his country. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they're recent off a war, according to what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just it's built into their culture. You said they're recent of what? Of off war. Yeah, yeah, because the the Ukraine war. No, is there's the second Chechen war. The second oh. Chechen war. I know they were used by Ru- Russia in the Ukraine war. Yeah. It just it ended in 2009. Oh. Probably between Russia and Chechnya. It is between the Russian Federation and the Chechen Republic of yeah. Ichkeria. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Oh, Islamist fighters from Chechnya infiltrated Russia's Dagestan region. So it's between Dagestan and Chechnya. Oh, okay. A oh. lot of UFC fighters are also from Dagestan, right? A lot of who? who, who UFC fighters? fighters. Oh, UFC fighters? A lot. But it's all it's all in one training camp. It's Khabib came over, and then Islam is Khabib's... He's his, he's his friend. Are they, they, they trained together from when they were kids. Oh. And once Khabib left, then Islam came in, and he just took over. Are they originally Dagestani? Oh, okay. Born and raised. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then his his father, Khabib's father, first had the camp, so that's why Khabib he was the best fighter there, and they had him, they were like run through the UFC first. Oh, and then after he retired, he retired because his dad died. Because mm-hmm. he said his dad was training him his whole life, and he says there's literally no point in doing it if my dad isn't watching. Mm-hmm. So he retired, and then Islam came in, and Khabib trained Islam for a long time, and he came in, and then. He kind of took over the same division, but then there's other there's other like Khabib's little brother fights in another MMA thing called Bellator, which it's like the UFC but it's a little bit different. It's another fighting organization, mm-hmm. just so that like the UFC doesn't have monopoly over any MMA events. Yeah, it's the most popular one right now. But there's another one called One, oh, is which it, is I don't I don't remember new? how it's different. It's not it's not that new. Oh. It's pretty new though. Yeah, newer than oh. than UFC. Yeah. UFC is the f- at least in terms of West. Because Bruce Lee did MMA. <coughs> yeah. And I'm sure a bunch of other guys over there in the East, all the, the Thai fighters, all those guys, they did they did combat sports. Mm-hmm. And combat sports where they mixed together a bunch of different styles. Okay. But Dana White brought it over to the West. Oh. You know who Dana White is, right? Yeah, you told me about him. Yeah. He's the guy who's inside of the UFC. Yeah, he's the president of the UFC. Yeah. But he brought it over, and he made it a thing here. And... Yeah, and then, I mean, maybe that, that kind of makes sense. I mean, it's the East Asian guys that were super into it, but the the Russian style, 
called Russian Sambo. It's uh, it's kind of a so jujitsu is when you're on the ground like this, and you use your ground techniques while you're on the ground to submit your opponent, mm-hmm. either by choking them or by taking out their arms, or in some cases taking out their legs as well. Mm-hmm. And wrestling is when you're standing and you're it's called takedowns and takedown defense. You're trying to put your opponent to the ground. Mm-hmm. So the three stages that I like to think of fighting as, it's striking, wrestling, and then ground stuff. Mm-hmm. And the striking, striking is punches, kicks, elbows, knees, and all that stuff. You can even strike with the head if you want to. Mm-hmm. And like, mm, like headbutt them. Yeah. But there's... And then wrestling is when you're trying to put... You're in a standing position and you're trying to put your opponent to the ground. And... Uh, Jiu-Jitsu and other... There's other ground stuff, but... Jiu-Jitsu is the most common one in the West. You start on the ground? You start... You, you can... Yeah, you start on the ground. You want to be sure. low when you start. Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. Jiu-Jitsu doesn't have takedowns. Oh, yeah. You're already on the ground. You're already on the ground. Yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's a ground thing. Mm-hmm. And people say that it's useful in actual fights because you go on the ground a lot. Yo, yeah. And Brazilian people are... Other than Russian people, they're, they're some of the best. Uh-huh. Oh. A lot of champions were Brazilian. Yeah. A lot... A, in any almost every division, there was at least a Brazilian champion. Yeah, you you probably heard of some of them too, like Anderson Silva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or Jose Aldo. Yeah, people like that. I wonder how hard it was for the UFC guy or Dana White to popularize it in the West because at that time everyone was watching WWE, right? Mm-hmm. I remember it was huge WWE back then. The thing is, back some people fought in both the WWE and the UFC, mm-hmm. which. It actually turned out to be a good thing because it gave recognition to the UFC as well. Because oh. the WWE is it's a fake thing. It's not actual wrestling. It's not actual wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, but it's for show, right? Yeah, it's for it's show. For entertainment. But though. the UFC. So you know Brock Lesnar. No. Brock Lesnar is this huge dude. He's absolutely massive. He weighs so much. He's a WWE guy. Yeah, he was a WWE guy. I think he started in the UFC and then went to WWE. You know Ronda Rousey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ronda Rousey, she, she also started in the UFC and then went to the WWE after her UFC career was done. Oh. So people like that, I think, kind of bridged the gap. Some people... They, they left UFC to go to WWE? Yeah. Oh, okay. They started in UFC and then they left because the paycheck is bigger. Oh, that makes sense. And then... But WWE wasn't yeah, actual fighting. It's not actual was, fighting, yeah. yeah. But then they saw... Or people started watching both, I think. Mm-hmm. Why? We, That's my question. Why did people... If it, WWE, a, lot, a lot of these, a lot of these WWE's you guys are coming out of the UFC, and the UFC is actually real. I feel like the real thing is a so lot. So you think fi- the culture of watchers, they just they began, they themselves realized that it, it's not real fighting. No, I don't know. I feel like it's there was a lot of hype around the storylines and stuff, but the actual combat, just not, not even if you look at it, it's so obvious that it's fake. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, it's just crazy how an entire culture shifted because it was so popular WWE. So there's no way all of those people were just amateur watchers and they decided to watch the UFC. Because anyone who actually knew fighting, would there be a reason for them to watch the WWE? Or why would they, I guess? Because they're into actual fighting. So the way I'm thinking about it is there's all these amateur viewers and they're watching the WWE and then they get into real fighting? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to look at what's happening. It's it's only talking about... Oh, hang on. I just found this article that says why the WWE needs to worry about the UFC. When is this made? <laughs> That's interesting. Because the UFC is way bigger now. Yeah. You said John Jones is one of the things. Yeah, there's no way. Because John Jones... 
What year? Yeah, this was when John Jones was 24 years old. He became the champion at 23 years old back in like 2011. Oh, okay. So this is, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Way so back this, then. Is, this is when it was getting taken over. Yeah. But often, a lot of the UFC fighters, they don't even like Dana White. Because mm-hmm. he always calls them up for contracts and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're just like, what the hell, man? But they can all admit that he's one of the best promoters ever. Yeah. He somehow did something where it just got promoted so much yeah. that everyone just started tuning into it. He's a crazy businessman. Yeah. Marketing. And it, they're saying that the competition in WWE got worse and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This is what this article that, that was made in October 2nd, 2011. <laughs> This, yeah. That's what this article is saying. Yeah. The WWE's competition is going away. UFC competition is going up because John Jones was, was a thing. And then, you know, GSP was a thing then too. Anderson Silva was on his hot streak. Uh-huh. All those those fighters are going crazy yeah. then. That's the the initial, the beginning beginning era. Yeah. And then it's saying WrestleMania is losing its appeal. John Jones. <laughs> this guy, that's that's so crazy. That we're sitting here reading this article that this guy wrote in 2011 yeah. about how the WWE is falling off and now it's just completely falling off. Yep. I wonder about the global impacts of it though because I remember when I went to India in 2008, which is forever ago. Or no, no, no. Not 2008. 2011 or 12. It was 2011 or 12. WWE was huge there. All the guys my age in the neighborhood we're all watching WWE. They were all tuning yeah. in for WWE. So yeah, I wonder- my mom told me that when I when or when I was really young or whatever, my cousins who are ten to fifteen years older than me, she said that they were watching WWE all the time. Yeah, back when she used to be in India yeah, yeah. and when she visited and stuff. Okay, the other thing I'm looking at here, their their marketing was just bad. Oh, that's the main thing that I'm looking at. It's saying that these guys in the UFC, they have they don't fight regularly. They fight once in a while, and whenever they fight. It's a huge, there's a huge drawing. It's saying that right now, in, when this article was written, John Cena was the champion of the WWE, and he has to defend his title almost every single event. Oh, yeah. It's just, but, that, yeah, that's bad marketing. Yeah, you're looking at some guy like John Jones. He's fought twice, and he's going to, or at, by the end of this year, he'll have fought twice only, only twice this year, Yeah. out of 12 UFC events. Yeah. And some someone like Islam or... So there's just more build-up around the events. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, and is is it more international? I feel like I've heard of the ma- most famous WWE people I've heard are mainly England, like John Cena and The yeah. Rock. It's American, but I think a lot of people just watched it and, or tuned into it yeah. globally. But even if you're looking at the UFC, there's American guys, there's British guys. There are more Conor McGregor. There's more people. There's more saying? people, yeah. yeah, and all the Russian guys. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if Brazilian. UFC is big in india then right now probably not you don't think so mm. is it real? is it has it reached the point that wwe ever reached what the ufc in terms of popularity yeah global popularity i'm not sure but in terms of just america i feel like yeah but i i don't know i i don't have a fair perspective on this because i was a kid i was really young yeah, yeah. when That's the right. ufc was super pop or when the wwe was super popular yeah but I guess it's it's all it's all Dana, I think the marketing has just taken over. Yeah, and they pay the people by how much money they pull in, right? Not by how much they win. Who UFC? They pay people. It's they they. It depends on how popular the fighter is. Oh. It's how much money they pull in. Oh, that's what they pay. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So if some some guy wasn't as popular, then he'd just get paid less. Yeah, even and if, if they he put, was a bet. If they if they put on a really good performance and they get paid bonuses. 
I think that's a really smart move for the UFC because it it optimizes their profit because the way I think because think about it in the W if you have a very unentertaining player or it's an incentive for entertaining people to get in even if they're not the best fighters whereas in where whereas if you don't have that system most of the money is going towards people who are not bringing in that much money so i think that's a really smart financial move for the ufc yeah true i've never heard of it before either i feel like it, it might be proprietary yeah and people like as you're saying people are just trying more to yeah get better paychecks yeah yeah so that's how maybe that's how they made up for the entertainment part of it because they know the UFC won't be as entertaining as the WWE just because of the combat style. Yeah, but the, I think they care about the entertainment too because at least they, they don't want to make it super boring. Exactly. So I think they knew, you know, there's not going to be people getting chairs and slamming it on people. Yeah. But they knew the way to make up for that was this might have been the way to pull in more entertaining people into the like Yeah, Yeah, because a lot of the, the highest paid UFC guys, or the highest pay-per-views, mm-hmm. they're not they're typically not the best guys. Yeah. I mean, John Jones is the GOAT, and I think he's the highest pay-per-view right now. But Conor McGregor exists. Yeah. And he's not amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What? I guess, to be fair, when Conor, Conor McGregor was at the peak of his popularity, he was insane. Uh-huh. He was super good. He was mm-hmm. killing everybody. Mm-hmm. So... I- I mean, I would also re-rescind my statement, but not that their UFC is pulling in bet more entertaining people, but I think they're making the people, the best fighters more entertaining. You think? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like, you know, when Sean Strickland beat beat Izzy Adesanya, uh-huh. he was, a lot of people were saying that Dana was mad because Izzy's this, this wild market, he's a marketable guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be fair, I think Sean Strickland is a marketable guy too. Yeah, he but is. They're trying to get marketable guys is the face really? of the UFC the band, getting... that's what that's what people are saying I'd say it's more way more fair than the WWE okay but also there's this guy named Aljamain Sterling yeah who was the bantamweight champion yeah and the fight was set up for him against a much better opponent and he somehow beat that better opponent and then the second fight that he had as champion he beat that opponent as well but and that opponent is one of the best bantamweights of all time and he somehow beat him but then Dana White, he didn't let him have a proper recovery. Or that's what he's that's what he says. But he fought in UFC two ninety, I think. And then he fought in two ninety two as well. Mm-hmm. Which is two months apart. Or three months apart or something. Yeah. He fought he fought very close two very close fights. Yeah. And he's saying that the reason that that happened is because Dana wanted him to fight again because he didn't want him as champion. Because he wanted a more marketable like face for the Bantam weight. Oh. But also, I don't know about that. Because there's this guy named GSP. He's also one of the best of all time. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that you're not you're not ever forced to sign a contract that Dana sends you. Mm-hmm. No matter what kind of pressure that he puts on you, you can always say no. Mm-hmm. You can say no to a fight and just wait later. Yeah. So I don't know exactly how that plays out. Yeah. Because I'm sure GSP was a pretty marketable guy too. Yeah. So maybe they gave him more lenience here and there. Yeah. You have any thoughts on that? Um, I guess I mean. The issue would be if you're not getting... Because so many people watch the UFC. So many aspiring fighters watch the UFC. And then the issue is if you're not having the best fighters there and you're sacrificing the best fighting for better entertainment value, then that's really damaging to fighting culture. That's true. Yeah. Oh, the reason... This is a 
it, it's switching back to what we were talking about earlier. But the reason why Russian people and especially those those two areas are so dominant is because they train in Russian sambo. Which the reason I brought up striking wrestling and take air, right? Striking wrestling and ground stuff mm-hmm. is because Russian sambo, Russian combat sambo, especially, it's a trend. It's it kind of groups the two things together. It groups together wrestling and ground stuff. Oh, okay. So Russian sambo going against a Brazilian guy on the on their feet, it's the Russian guy has the very clear advantage. Oh. If the Brazilian guy is mainly trained jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Or any guy in the West is mainly trained jiu-jitsu. Yeah. The sambo gives them effective on or gives them a an advantage on their feet. But then it also it doesn't give them the advantage in ground stuff, but the the creativity, you can have more creativity with it. Hmm. You can do better submissions, or not better submissions, but you can do try to do submissions on the feet, yeah. maybe, and you know different positions as mm-hmm. well as well as the jiu-jitsu ones, the basic jiu-jitsu positions, mm-hmm. and you know some of the the ones on the feet as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different, yeah. and I think that's why they're so they're so popular, but, yeah. or they're not popular, why they're so dominant. So, they're so dominant, yeah, yeah that's the because word. they're trained in that style. Yeah, and specific. if you're looking at combat sambo's performance in other grappling tournaments not just not just mma mm-hmm. but in pure grappling tournaments where it's just wrestling and ground stuff and no striking at all oh sambo somehow com- connects striking to to grappling in a way that but there's no striking in sambo right i don't think so but they use they use some strikes as feints or they use striking as some distraction to set up a takedown oh. and that's it's different because they know like the fluidity of the movement it's it's different because it's not you're you're not switching from one style to the other it's the same style the entire time mm-hmm. all the wrestling is and the ground stuff is in the same style mm-hmm. versus if you're doing wrestling wrestling for example judo if you're doing judo which is a, it's a japanese wrestling because this is this is the western mma thing they usually do muay thai and then they do judo and then they do bjj those are the three things. Mm-hmm. But judo and BJJ are fundamentally different styles. Oh. So the reason it... I think I think Russian people are so dominant mm-hmm. is they somehow combine some unorthodox striking. And almost in the most optimal way. Right? Yeah, yeah. To set up something where it's the same style. The grappling is all the same style. Yeah, yeah. So they can they can their feet are just as effective versus if you're trying to fight a Brazilian guy. If you look at the most recent fight between Charles Oliveira and uh Ben Darius. Mm-hmm. There's there's literally a portion of the fight where where Oliver is on his back and he's inviting him to come down because he knows he's he's dominant on the ground. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in in sambo you can kind of maneuver that mm-hmm. into however or whichever way you want. Yeah. And I think that gives them more of an advantage. But in pure grappling tournaments, they usually say sambo doesn't perform that well. There's mm-hmm. this guy named Gordon Ryan who's the best jiu-jitsu guy in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And he's also the best jiu-jitsu guy of all time, apparently. Mm-hmm. Which is... It's kind of crazy because... The, it's like kind of off topic, but I'll get back. It's kind of crazy because this Gordon Ryan guy, he became the GOAT when he was 24. Mm-hmm. You want to see what a picture of what he looks like? Sure. Why is he... Or what? What is he... What's so surprising about what he looked like? No, you'll see. All right. How old do you think this guy is? <laughs> yeah. How old do you think he is? Uh, I would put him at 50 or 60. He's 28. Yeah. 
That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Not 60, maybe 40s, 50s, yeah. He has white hair. Why yeah. does he have white hair? <laughs> he dyed it white? I don't know. He just he just looks so odd. Yeah. But yeah, he's. they say he's the best of all time. And he even said, he said combat sambo is not that effective in grappling specifically. He said it's super effective in MMA in general, but it's not that effective in grappling specifically. All right, we took a, a, a quick recess. And I think we're going to do a hard transition to pivot into the second topic. Yeah, because we started talking about this just because we saw a YouTube short about it. So, but we were, ha- we were starting to have a good conversation, so we're just going to continue it. So, basically, the short we saw was about a guy explaining that... It was Chris Williamson. And he's explaining that women want to be loved, loved and adored or something. And then he and said... men want respect. Yeah, or they want to feel powerful and capable. And I said that... I don't think I would agree with that. I said I just don't think men and women are... I mean, they're different, but I don't think they're that different to the point where they're... What do you call it? Mental needs? Social... Emotional needs? I don't know. Yeah. But I don't... Oh, shit. I just don't think... My bad. They're that different to the point where their needs are completely different. Yeah, but I don't know. I've... I've, uh, I've seen... That there was some, some, I don't know if it was a study or something, but something was conducted on comatose war veterans. I think it was a study, but I don't know by who. Mm-hmm. So this is off the top of my head. Okay. But there was something conducted with war veterans, where comatose war veterans, where they told them, where they, it, instead of telling them, like, wake up, get up, we need you, or something like that, mm-hmm. they kept saying, there's a fire here, like, get up and do it, or get up and help us fix this fire or something like that i forget the exact specifics i had this study a long time ago but they apparently that study rose more comatose war veterans than any 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 other words like those words telling them that they had some some sort of purpose yeah but that might apply to everyone that i don't see why that would specifically apply to men I think it's because the way our hormones are developed or the way that our brain develops, I think is a different thing. Cause I know, I know How? the menstrual cycle in women has a lot of effects on their brain. As in what? I'm not sure. Which is what? I'm not sure. I'm you just, just ex- saw somewhere that it, yeah. that it does. I saw in Huberman. On the development of their brain? On the development of their brain. Yeah. During, during puberty, but also after, I think the way that they think is a little bit different. The cognitive patterns, whatever it may be. Okay. That's interesting. I because also the 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 neuromodulators that they have are a little bit different as well because we have a lot a lot higher testosterone mm-hmm. but how would testosterone affect testosterone is neuromod- it's, our, it's drive testosterone directly correlates oh with our right drive right, to do right. Anything. yeah yeah i i remember that oh okay but that's why i think that they do have different whatever social needs or emotional but needs you think it's an evolutionary it. thing or you think yeah it, yeah. it could be yeah or because do you think all animals have the same thing or behave the same way where the men and women are? Potentially, yeah. Because we're supposed to act in unison. We're not supposed to act the same. Yeah. Because our roles in nature, at least I think up to this point, to the point where we can all live the same, I think up to this point, the roles of men and the roles of women in nature have been completely different. Yeah. Okay. And I think that affects the way that they think and the way that they act. Okay. Both men and women. Yeah, the earliest example I heard of was that men and since back or during hunter gatherer times, when women were 
pregnant, then they had to sit back and, you know, like wherever they were not, or like wherever they were settled or sheltered, they had to sit back and take care of, make sure that child was going to be, you know, born well or whatever. And they couldn't go out and hunt. But I'm assuming after that, that they participated in the hunting as well, right? Or what reason would there From be? From my hunting? understanding, I thought women did more of the gathering and men did the hunting mainly. Oh, okay. And I think that's why we developed to where we're stronger than the women are. Physically, Physically stronger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then, in the, but in that case, women also have just as important of a purpose or whatever. Yeah, they do. As men. Of course they do. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying in response to that guy in the video where he's saying men want to feel powerful and capable and women want to feel loved and adored, especially that loved and adored part, I don't see why there would be that difference between men and women for adoration and, I guess, love. I don't know. I feel like I feel like respect and adoration are two different things. Oh, I don't know. You I don't, you're saying... I know you're trying to say men... And women both feel the need to be respected and adored. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's true to a certain extent. Like it falls on a spectrum between respect potentially, and love. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Because I remember I was telling you in one of the episodes, I think that a lot of male depression is due to not, or it's due to purposeful, purposelessness. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, and a lot that's a, that's true in a lot more males than it is of females yeah and then female depression is usually due to completely different reasons yeah. I, I think I've definitely seen that um I don't know but I guess my question is like why like where that developed or has it always been this way because I just don't see that happening a long time ago or during prehistoric times I don't think in prehistoric times I think in prehistoric times they that's what they got men well, got men got the respect whoever caught the biggest fish or whatever uh-huh. Or whoever caught the biggest woolly mammoth. But why wouldn't the woman do that? Oh, because she was giving birth. Or she had to give yeah, birth. Yeah, sure. Okay. And then, and she had to give birth a lot more times than we do now. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, that that's an interesting theory. It's a, it's a lot more frequent. And then, and then you think that and might that explain the well. changing of roles or gender mm-hmm. roles now? You think that could explain the like changing of gender roles now? Why women are giving a lot less birth? Yeah, so they are... So, you think that that could be a potential reason to why women are I maybe guess, are yeah. the gender roles are changing? that's actually something that I've never thought about. Yeah, but I just, well, I just knew the made fact. That, I just made that connection. Yeah, no, I knew the fact, but I didn't connect it together. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh-huh. Why gender roles are changing? Are now. part and, of the reason, obviously. Yeah. probably. And now women are more work driven. Uh huh. A lot, more, and you see. Uh, women, I just mean their roles have changed a lot, like just in the past, whatever you know 100 yeah. years even even it's since been, there's just been such a drastic shift yeah we were learning about the women's rights movements and stuff like that yeah i think that wouldn't have happened back in the day because the rights as they are they're it's not like women were inferior to men in any way until until some portion of civilized society made it that way but even in ancient civilized society when we were learning about i don't know about rome specifically but greek i think and i'm not sure about some of the older indian cultures but men and women both had an equally important role. Their roles were just different. Yeah. But the respect that they got from society was the same. Exactly, yeah. And we've learned about it in the United States, which I do think that in the early, early days of the United States, maybe there was some sort of suppression where the women, the women's roles weren't as respected as the men's roles. Yeah. But also, the thing started happening where they started giving less birth. So maybe that changed somehow some... some 
some way that their brain functions. Yeah. And it made them more work driven yeah. and more coming into the, the role that the man traditionally had filled up till that point. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So I would agree with that that their roles, because I I definitely acknowledge the fact that their roles have been different throughout time, but I guess the part where I just don't agree is that about power and capability and love and adoration. I feel like both of those are needed by both are necessary for both genders. And even to the point of being on a spectrum, I think I don't think they're related at all. Like you know, in in Ghana in modern society, there's some society in Ghana where it's it's something stupid. I think the men compete on who raises the biggest yams. Like they all grow yams and whoever has the biggest gets the most respect. Mm-hmm. The, the respect based society based off how big wasn't there something grows. you know that book we read freshman year things we fall apart yeah wasn't was there, there something like that? that yeah and it was about yams because was it about yams yeah. i don't remember yeah. but yeah there is it the, might be the same thing honestly yeah maybe but the the society in ghana yeah that specific part of ghana is just built that way mm-hmm. and i think that's how it was for a lot of a lot of people yeah. i think back i think that reflects our hunter-gatherer days more than anything else but now it's or now it's about yams. But back then it was about which man hunted the biggest animal. I think men were constantly put in competition more mm-hmm. with each other than women were. Yeah, but maybe women fell back. A bunch of them got pregnant at the same time, and they all got a chance to you know deepen their friendship. So that competitiveness wasn't there. Maybe, but if we examine that relationship, so you're saying during hunter and gatherer times, men were hunting and women were gathering. But farming, I mean, it's different than gathering, but, and farming is harder than I would say hunting and gathering. That's why that evolution came after hunter-gathering times. But farming is something that's done by women and men. It wasn't exclusive to men at any Mm -hmm. point in time. So in that case, men and women didn't have that much of a different role during agricultural times. Yeah, but agriculture started 10,000 years ago. Yeah, that's true. Humans have been around for two hundred thousand years, and yeah. Homo so you think it's a slow change? It's a very slow change. Yeah, yeah. Ten thousand years is only five percent. Yeah. Of what? How long humans have been around for? Yeah. And that's why I think we're starting to see a change now in modern society. Yeah. That ten thousand years ago thing picked up. Now. Yeah. Okay. Not and then. 10, years and ago. then whatever is happening now, or nineteen hundreds, is gonna slowly pick up. Yeah. In whatever. A way long time. Yeah. Ago. That's interesting. That is interesting. That's also something that I just made up. We just we just thought of that. We yeah, just thought no. of that. I think we, I think genuinely some of the things that we're saying right now, it's no scientists have ever thought of before. <laughs> we're just on that level. Yeah, I think we are. Yeah. There's no because I've never read about this anywhere. No I, ever talks a about lot it. of the stuff we say. I haven't people heard people just say it, but no one really looks into what they're actually. Yeah. You know. Or we examine every connection between the. Yeah. Balance pod. Yeah, no, we're that's the our, best. That's our branding. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. imbalance should we put that as our intro what examining the connections <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous between different ideas did you see that one guy's comment on the one of the tiktoks it said bro thinks he's the th- bro thinks he's a thinker no nah. Some, someone said, said that. that someone said that on the latest tiktok we posted man all the tiktok comments are just robots i know bro so many people are bots the only people I'm not gonna name drop, but the few people that have said they found the information useful, uh, I value their opinion. I value their, more. I value their opinion. <laughs> just even before this, even before they made that, they're just everyone knows that they're better. I guess 
I don't know. <laughs> they're better in They're what just way? better, bro. <laughs> they're just better people, bro. <laughs> they're just better than the rest of the robots, bro. Well, okay. I, say, I, I think I say instead of saying they're better, I think we should say they're independent thinkers. Or they yeah, have some yeah. sense of And I would think I would say I would say that most of the people in our school community would agree that they are I don't know, just more I don't know how to describe it or describe him. I'd say more authentic. Yeah. Or they 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 have a level of authenticity. Yeah. They're not uh, Yeah, I, mean, I don't yeah. want to say I don't want to say brainwashed, but they're not they they don't let other things that they they have less outside influence. Yeah, the circumstances don't yeah wash off on them. They yeah, don't take yeah. away their personality. I feel like when we're describing the other people that we're talking about, it's because outside influences have just they they infiltrate their brain almost in a way, and they're just dictating what they do. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, you think you think that has something to do with parenting? No, bro. I think a huge part. I think a huge part of it is your phone, bro. Because I, I think we have to come back to the topic of TikTok when we're discussing this. Because, bro, the impact of TikTok, it's actually insane on people's, how people behave. The language that TikTok uses, it's invented in TikTok within the app only. No, it, it's not used anywhere else. It's not like a culture invented it or something. It's just kids on an app invented this language. And it's just deployed everywhere. Yeah, no, we've all picked up on it. Yeah. Even even now, sometimes when we're talking to each other in in real time, yeah. even outside of the cameras and stuff. Bro said. Yeah, we. Used, I, I I don't I don't really say that. I don't I don't say bro said either. But I hear I so many people yeah. say it, bro. Everyone in the comments always says bro said. Yeah. And even in class, everyone says bro said. Yeah, yeah. And others glazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But other, I think both. You and I also have some struggle some, to yeah, maintain. Yeah. I, would, I would say as much as others, but I'd yeah, say yeah. we have some struggle to kind of maintain normalcy in our speech. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying at all we are perfect or anything, but I'm just saying that I think at I least think the fact that I, we recognize that we recognize it and we're making an effort to stop that. Yeah, because even if I'm trying to make my speech perfect, I'd still say like or something like that. Yeah, it um, comes across in how I speak, mm-hmm. but. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's gotten a lot better than it was five months ago. So Yeah. Okay. And speaking of authenticity, you know, an, or it's not specifically authenticity, but you know, another thing I noticed, the amount of hype around, around musical artists, bro. And I'm saying this because Drake dropped recently. Yeah. And it's just insane how this is the one thing people look forward to. It's it's almost as if I've seen people who look forward to this more than Christmas, bro. That's you know, insane. You know, you know what I've heard? Yeah. Why this has been happening so much? Yeah. This is actually something that I heard on some unnamed podcast. Okay. That I'll tell you about. Yeah. It's, it, I've already mentioned it, but I don't want to say it again. Yeah, sure. But he was saying that when around the time of Reagan's presidency, all, so before this, from all the way up to 1960s, 1970s, the news was a source of complete trustworthiness the news it was the most in or it had so much integrity yeah and we knew that the news people were people of integrity and people of character yeah they kept everything honest they kept it real yeah but then instead of allowing people to hear both sides people started taking one side or the other and then to get more of a competitive advantage over the other side they started turning the news into profit centers so instead of 
it, it, it used to be about the integrity of what was being said. But now, or after that point, it started transitioning to the, making as much profit as possible. So what these news outlets started doing was they started reporting on singers, celebrities, all of that stuff. Like, who the fuck would care about Travis Scott and, and or not Travis <laughs> Scott, what's, what's her name? Taylor Swift and that Travis Kelsey guy. Yeah, yeah. When this was mentioned in one of our classes and people cared about it so much. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, bro. Like, I, I don't, I, I'm never going to meet Taylor Swift in my life. I don't give, I, I don't care what she does with her dating life. Yeah. It's not my problem. Yeah. But all, every news outlet reports on it. And yeah. if you look up Drake, I guarantee you all the top news sources are saying Drake dropped, or Drake dropped an album. How does it, how does it sound? How does it stack up? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's insane, bro. Celebrity culture. I, even if you look at musical artists a while back, no one was looking at their personal lives. And while back, I mean, like while back, not Michael 70s, Jackson 80s. No, no, no. I mean, before be- that, before that, musical artists, their personal lives, they weren't celebrities the way they are now. People listen to their music. People were familiar with their music. They critique their music and analyze their music. Because I'm saying this because of the way my or my mom talks about musical artists or certain Indian musical artists from a while ago. But it's just no one cared about their personal lives the way they do now. So that's insane to me, celebrity culture. But yeah. Yeah, I think I think news has something to do with that. But also there's, there's a lot of things, I think. Because I was thinking about this as you were talking. What led to American society changing so much as it has in the past 60, 70 years? And... I'm remembering the time period specifically with the most changes, 60s and the hippie movement. But even before that, I think, because why did the parents of that generation, or how did they parent differently to where their kids ended up in in such a radical shift? The parents of post-World War II? Yeah. Because if you look at all society before that, the 20s or the the 1910s or the 1800s, or anything before the the hippie movement and that entire culture shift and everything that happened with that. What do you think? I mean, I'm inclined to attribute the what the what happened in the '60s to the just the can, the fall from. I would say that America reached its peak, economically speaking, in the '60s, and then. After that, I think after they hit their after any nation hits its peak, obviously what happens next is the decline, and I think that decline is directly associated, or this is what I've always associated with. But I've always associated that decline directly with the culture shift that happened in the sixties. Okay, that makes sense. But I don't know if it's that because you know what I was thinking. I was thinking it's after we stopped having big military guys be president. But then I was like, why did big military guys stop being, stop trying to That's the president? same way I thought. I was thinking, what caused America's economy to stop accelerating and slow down? Yeah. What exactly was it? I don't, what was the factor that changed it all? Okay. The, the economic model I've always believed in, I was talking to my dad about this, but Keynesian economics, I believe, worked way better than moder- or modern monetary theory because it focused on real physical things because when nixon removed the gold standard 
the American dollar became it's what is it right the the dollar is nothing it's just you can print it so what modern monetary theorists believe is that by adjusting the money supply right you can you can fix all economic issues except if you think about this on a let me make sure all right good all right so what i was saying was you asked why you think america started peaking in its economy and why its economic growth wasn't accelerating or stopped accelerating and the reason i said was because i think that the shift from keynesian economics to modern monetary theory um has especially fucked up the economy because if you think about it so i said that watch your language yeah my bad so I no, we can't market it this. No, we can't market this to kids anymore. Yeah, that means the amount of money we we make per view is gonna be lower. You bum. Alright, bro, my bad. But the, re- the what I was saying was the monetary modern monetary theory believes in adjusting the money supply, so to solve economic issues. But the reason that's a problem is because money supply or money isn't real anymore because Nixon took the dollar off the gold standard, which means money's the dollar's backed by nothing. It's just something that you print. So if you think about this from just a logical standpoint, how can you solve real economic issues by adjusting something that doesn't even exist? It doesn't make sense. The Keynesian model was to increase aggregate demand through government spending to solve, the, to solve economic issues. And that's something real because when you adjust demand, then real things are happening in the economy real things are being purchased and real things are being manufactured so that so that's why i think that america's economy stopped or america's economy peaked and stopped accelerating because our approach to economics was just completely wrong after that point sure nixon was after or he was in 70 or the late 60s to the early 70s right right so you saying that's the time that the, the the growth rate of the economy just started slowing down drastically. Exactly. And exactly. That's when the I no, I think the growth rate of the economy is most is accelerating or I think at that point was when the growth rate of the economy started going down. But yeah. now is when it's going down the fastest. Because if you think about, you can think about most nations as a slope like this. Mm-hmm. So 60s, 70s, we were here and we were coming down. Now we're just crashing down faster. That's what I believe. Yeah. Uh, do you think there's anything the country could do or it's just a natural cycle? I think the only way, I think at this point, it's inevitable. From an idealistic standpoint, you could do something. Manufacturing, like I said, the power of manufacturing is insane. Because look at what it did to China's economy. It just it completely made it it completely made it boom. So when you do when you produce real things, and then you sell those real things, it is so beneficial for an economy. And we need to bring that kind of idealistically, you could do this and solve the economy's problems. But unidealistically, if we're looking at the condition or all the factors in America right now, I think the fall of America from an economic from its first place in the economic model or worldwide standings is inevitable that's true but also i feel like manufacturing jobs as well can't be done quite as easily because 
the pay for those and the demand for those, or the demand might be the same as ever, or even higher than ever, but the pay for those and the, the social respect for those is so low comparatively. Yeah. Why, but why do you think the pay for those became so low? Because we stopped doing it. Yeah, because we started, we, we shifted away from that. Blue collar work as a whole is not too, I don't know, not too well looked upon in society. Exactly. but It's they're... a lot of immigrants. And all these immigrants, they're, they're not making much. They're making under minimum wage because they're undocumented. Yeah, but the reason blue collar work lost its respect and lost and the wage gap became so big was because of exactly what I'm saying. When, because if you, I'm going to take a recent example, but this has been happening for a long time, just smaller versions of this. But the most dramatic example of this was in 2008 when the big banks were selling derivatives what are financial derivatives they're they're nothing they're not it's nothing real they're they're just making money off of nothing and that increased so if these people who are selling nothing are making so much money then all the jobs in that office are also going to be making more money so when people when you incentivize selling nothing then obviously the things when you're actually selling something it's just going to fall off so I think the reason even blue collar work is not appreciated as much or doesn't make as much is because of the fact of modern monetary theory. That makes sense. I mean, what I was thinking while you were explaining that, do you think the development of AI could actually be a good thing for this? In terms of for manufacturing? Manufacturing. Yeah. Because either... Th- I think all the human labor can just be replaced by machines, but then also in the things that we that machines can't do. I think machines can take over most jobs, most jobs that you can get with a degree. And I think that the jobs that people are going to flock towards are going to be creative stuff like a podcast or blue collar work. Mm-hmm. Because who trusts AI with, or I mean, I'm sure the trust factor will establish but one of our English teachers was saying that a lot of blue collar work might end up might end up worth learning for this generation more than any other up to this point. Yeah. I've I haven't thought about it that much, but now that you mention it, I think that could be a thing. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like AI is going to transform our economy. While I want to assume that everything is cyclical and abides by patterns and that we should be able to predict what's going to happen next it's so difficult to do so i don't know i'm not sure how ai is going to affect the economy but it does make sense that blue collar work would be more valuable because white collar jobs would just be they lose their value if there's if there's a sales bot that can do every single thing Mm -hmm. that any salesperson could do it looks at every single sales call in the entire world mm-hmm. or that it's that's ever been recorded yeah and it just copies and says the prompts to yeah. the best to the best fit that it can the ones that work yeah the experience that that ai has had that robot has had more experience than any other salesperson in history yeah so it's it's ultimately the best salesperson while loops and <laughs> what the fuck it might be a connection i'm just no saying. but and even if you're looking at I mean, tech, for example, while loops, 
a robot that knows every single programming language, that knows every single loophole, yeah. Yeah. it doesn't forget anything. Yeah. It doesn't burn out. It can just keep going twenty four seven nonstop. Exactly. Why would why would there be need for any person after that? Yeah. Maybe it'll be a dramatic change for the economy. But I think before AI... And also, we have a significant employment shortage mm-hmm. or an, an, a need for more employment. Mm-hmm. Or we don't... We need... Or we have jobs that we want people to fill, but they're not filling it. Or we don't have the people to fill those jobs. And yeah. I think once AI can... Once AI becomes a mainstream thing, that gap will be taken care of. So some smaller oh. companies will become bigger companies because of it. Yeah. I think before that happens before ai becomes so as big as what you're saying will happen that i think at that point america will have already lost its spot as the number one economy in the world because what china is expected to overtake america's economy by 20 in this decade in this decade so do you think ai will get that big before this decade ends so potentially i don't know i feel like i feel like america can always find some way to pull back through because i think education in most of the other countries Mm-hmm. Or I don't know about education specifically, but I know, I think values and whatnot, some sort of culture difference. Because mm-hmm. we were talking about this in the David podcast. I don't think China or India or whatnot can make the next Bill Gates. They could. I I think the culture is changing so much. Look at the recent things in India that have been going on, like such as Flipkart or um zomato these these are all but that's just people copying off american designs but that's how it starts but i'm saying bill gates was when 1990 that was well after america's economy reached its peak yeah so i think it's going to take a while but they'll start innovating once we become the best so i guess what i'm trying to say is these changes are just going to happen and it's not something that's specific to our time it's a well-proven pattern that occurs throughout time and if you really want to talk about a larger pattern that i've noticed look at how powerful throughout history if you examine history india and china have been the societies that have been the most successful for the longest periods of time and then in shorter periods, you have other societies that dominate for a little bit, but then slowly it just falls back to centuries of Indian and Chinese dominance. And the reason that sticks out to me is population. There's just, there's just no other reason that I think that's common between these true countries that causes that kind of success. So I think just due to how old these civilizations are, we have more people there. I think ultimately it's wherever most people are located that will be most successful. That makes sense. But I mean, we're Human talking about labor, success as a country, but what about individual success? With like specific as in with people. Yeah. David was saying the housing market was getting so expensive in China or in in the city parts of China. Mm-hmm. What about the, I mean the the housing and the land being more valuable in China can be seen as a good thing for the whole country, but it can't be seen as a good thing for the people that are trying to buy the land. It's not a good thing for the country either. I mean, why the land? It's that means the country is becoming more valuable. The land there is becoming more valuable, but then that results in it, it'll just become because look at Dubai or some place like that. It's just it's just going to become. I think whatever those cities are, it's just going to become places like that. Because again, China is reaching its peak economically, so. I would say that this is a bad thing. What's happening? 
like land prices going up way too much and people not being able to afford it you know the people are what's at a core of an economy yeah and if they can't have affordable rent then the economy is going to fall apart again i like so you think because there's so many people there that you'll find some way to offset that or they'll find some way to offset that if from a really like big historical standpoint yeah. i think that chinese and indian dominance is inevitable just because human labor is so valuable and without it you can't yeah but then my point is that what, AI, if, what if ai yeah, yeah yeah okay but in that case we would have to consider that ai is really this next big thing because then we have to zoom out even more i think personally i think ai is going to be in terms of the long-term impact it has it's going to be way more influential than phones or the internet or, or the internet like exactly exactly it just changed it fundamentally changes the way our society okay should work. then the closest comparison would be agriculture sure yeah because agriculture was when india and china became dominant because it flourished their populations so in that case yeah we'd have to compare ai to an agricultural revolution and then in that scenario we can't even predict what's going to happen yeah true it's just that big yeah because of its scale you know why i smiled what? I smiled because I thought that would be a great short. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But I, you're right. I've never heard someone compare AI to the agricultural revolution. But <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's the most similar thing that you can think of. Yeah. You think that's a good place to end? You think? Yeah. All this time and it's still shorter than the UJ episode? Compare right. AI to the agricultural revolution? All right, whatever. Good conversation. Yeah. How, how, did we end up, how did we end up from, or how did we end up from talking about Russian Samba yeah. to this? iPhone storage pull, that's perfect. Oh man. <laughs>